I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, we're going to be talking about something that I first heard about 25, maybe 30 years ago, and I didn't know if it was real or not until way after that. I was always curious if it was real or if it was BS. I'm talking about sliders. No, I'm not talking about tiny hamburgers, and no, I am not talking about that TV show in the 90s. But I am talking about sliders, and what they are, well, you'll find out in just a minute, because first up, we have shout-outs. Maggie, Carolyn, Pablo, Shani, Shani, Shani. I'm going to go with Shani. I hope it's Shani. If it's not, it's Shani. If it's not Shani, it could be Shani. I don't know how to pronounce your name, and that's terrible. I'm going to find out for next episode. But until then, it's Shani, Shani, Shani. Angie, Anthony, Chuck, Dan, Daniel, Dill, Edgar, Laura, 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 Jeff, Juliana, Kat, Matt, Todd, and Elijah. For as little as a dollar a month, you too can become a patron, and I will mispronounce your name. But we also get a lot of cool, fun stuff. You get access to more episodes, videos, contests, freebies. You just got to go over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac. And yes, I do mean more episodes, because if you guys like the Haunted Forest episode as much as you seem to like it, well, there's a sequel, and it's for patrons only, and I'm recording it right after I record this one. You do have a chance to listen to all the past patron-only episodes if you join Patreon. If you don't, you don't get to hear it. Alrighty, with that, let's get to Paranormal News. The first one up is indeed spooky, but not necessarily paranormal. Spooky nighttime children's voices turned out to be something even creepier than ghosts. It's a great headline, I'll give them that. Totally great headline. But what it's about is residents of a town in England have been haunted by the eerie sounds of a child singing an old nursery rhyme, and it was freaking people out. It's raining, it's pouring, the old man is snoring sung by a young, disembodied voice, echoed in the night. The first time I heard it, it was the most terrifying thing ever. I went cold and felt sick and thought, what on earth is that, said one resident, who did not want to be named. It was very haunting. People have said it's like something out of a Freddy Krueger. I think they mean something out of a Nightmare on Elm Street, not something out of a Freddy Krueger, but still. Uh, but it wasn't a ghost or Nightmare on Elm Street villain, but for some people, it might be even creepier because it was spiders. That's right, spiders were singing... No, wait, that's not right. It was because of spiders, though. The voice was part of a motion-activated security system at a nearby warehouse. Why that nearby warehouse had a motion-activated security system that sang through little kids' disembodied voices, it's raining, it's pouring, the old man is snoring? I have no idea. It's the creepiest security camera I've ever heard of. But spiders took over some of the lenses, and when one of them crawled across it, when one of them crawled across the lens, the system triggered, and the recording played, sometimes in the middle of the night. And again, this happened in Ipswich in UK. The sound was only supposed to act as a deterrent for opportunistic thieves that came onto our property, and is designed only to be heard by people on our private land. So... There is a terrifying motion-activated security camera system in Ipswich that's being triggered by spiders, which is even worse than being triggered by thieves. And this went on for a number of nights before the residents started to call the police. Now, had this happened in America, we would have called the police within the first five minutes, freaked out, and started shooting. But, good on you, England. Still, freaky fucking security system. Okay, this next one is definitely more paranormal. I have no idea what it is. Dozens of Korean War GIs claimed a UFO made them sick. Now, theories do range from high-tech Soviet death rays 
to extraterrestrials studying human combat to combat stress-induced hallucinations. That was Stitch in the background, if you couldn't hear him. In May 1951, one year into the Korean War, Private First Class Francis P. Wall and his regiment found themselves stationed near Chorwon, about 60 miles north of Seoul. As they were preparing to bombard a nearby village with artillery, all of a sudden the soldiers, the soldiers saw a strange sight up in the hills, like a jack-o'-lantern come wafting down across the mountain. What happened after that was a pulsing, attacking light. The lingering, debilitating symptoms would mystify many for decades to come. So as the story goes, the G.I.s watched as this weird jack-o'-lantern craft thing made its way down into the village where the artillery bursts were starting to explode. We further noticed that this object would get right into the center of an airburst of artillery and yet remain unharmed. Now, this was all told by a few G.I.s, but mostly to the Center for, Unite Center for UFO Studies in a 1987 interview. They go on to say suddenly the object turned, and whereas at first it had glowed orange, now it was a pulsating blue-green brilliant light. He asked his company commander for permission to fire at the object because, again, that's what people do when they don't know what something is. It's a UFO. Shoot it. It's a Bigfoot. Shoot it. Stop fucking shooting things you don't know what they are. But his commander gave him permission and they started to fire at it with armor-piercing bullets from an M1 rifle. As the bullets hit the body of the craft, you recall, they made a metallic ding. The object started to behave even more erratically, shunting from side to side as its lights flashed on and off. Now, this corporal goes on to say, We were attacked. We were swept by some form of a ray that was emitted in pulses in waves that you could visually see only when it was aiming directly at you. That's why you don't shoot at UFOs, you moron. They're technologically advanced. Of course they're going to shoot some kind of weird ray at you. Come on! Anyhow, he said it was like a searchlight sweeps around and the segments of lights, you could see it coming at you. He remembered a burning, tingling sensation sweeping over his body as if he were being penetrated. The men rushed into underground bunkers and peeped through the windows. Stupid. Why peep through windows when you know this death ray is coming at you? But I'll continue. Watching as the craft hovered above them and then shot off at a 45 degree angle. It's that quick, he said. It was there and was gone. Three days after the incident, the entire company of men was evacuated by ambulance with special roads, with special roads cut to haul out those too weak to walk. When they finally received medical treatment, they were found to have dysentery and an extremely high white blood cell count. They had symptoms that sounded like the effects of radiation. Sound familiar? It should. I talked about it in a Haunted Forest episode. The effects of radiation. So now they're wondering, was it an experimental new Soviet weapon? I'm going to say no. But since then, since the Korean War, which ended in July 1953, dozens of men have reported seeing similar unidentified flying objects over the course of a 30 over the course of that 37-month conflict. The craft often resembles flying saucers because they are flying saucers, and as many as 42 were corroborated by additional witness reports, an average of more than one a month in just over 3 years. So yeah, here's a story in the news today from the Korean War about UFOs with death rays. It just it just goes to show you, though, honestly, the reason I picked this, this news article, besides the fact that it's fantastic, I should have done an entire episode about it, and maybe I will somewhere down the line, but it just goes to show you that it ended in 1953. We're just starting to hear about it. Sure, they talked about it in 1987, but the story really didn't get out there until just recently. There are more UFO stories out there from back then that we still don't know. We're going to be finding out these kinds of stories forever. Between the Freedom of Information Act, soldiers just getting older and wanting to get their story out before they pass away, these stories are coming more and more, and I can't wait to hear all of them. But before I close up paranormal news, there is a story out there that has all the makings of an end-of-the-world or UFO attack or something coming our way because a solar observatory in New Mexico was suddenly shut down 
black helicopters and the FBI came in and just shut it down for 10 days. People thought perhaps this telescope had spotted solar flares coming our way that were going to wipe out our infrastructure, which is a very good possibility. People thought that they had spotted an asteroid that was about to hit Earth. Another good possibility. People thought that it had spotted UFOs. Another good possibility. And another predominant theory was that somehow this solar telescope had managed to intercept some transmissions or some messages or saw something by the nearby uh, from the nearby Air Force bases. Again, all good possibilities. The official story, though, not really that good. The official story was it was a security threat. They did not get into specific natures of what that threat was, but it says that they were cooperating with an ongoing law enforcement investigation of criminal activity that occurred at Sacramento Peak. During this time, we became concerned that a suspect in the investigation potentially posed a threat to the safety of local staff and residents. For this reason, we temporarily evacuated the facility and ceased scientific activities at this location. I gotta say I don't buy it. I'm just sorry. I gotta say I don't buy it. I'm not saying that they spotted a UFO or aliens visited us or they spotted a, an asteroid that's about to take us out. But I am saying that's a very weak reason for shutting down a telescope for over 10 days in New Mexico. Maybe, perhaps someday we'll find out exactly what happened a little bit more in more detail, but for now I'm going to call bullshit on that one and let's hope that nothing apocalyptic is headed our way, but I don't buy it. I didn't. I don't buy their... I don't buy the official report. Okay, and with that, let's wrap up paranormal news and let's get on to the topic at hand. Because I want to talk about something that I heard, again, I heard about it 20 plus years ago. A girl I was dating had a brother who could affect streetlights. And when I say he could affect streetlights, I mean I witnessed streetlights dim or turn off as he walked directly under them, one after another after another. It wasn't a motion sensor. I know some of you skeptics right now are screaming motion sensors. I'll get to that. But these definitely weren't motion sensors because I could walk up to them. My girlfriend could walk up to them. Friends of ours could walk up to them. Nothing would happen. We would do the exact same thing that he would do, which is just walk up to them, and then poof, they'd just go out. We could go to the exact same one. We'll stand, we'll walk up. Nothing will happen. We'll walk away. We'll try it again. Four or five people in a row would try it again. Nothing would happen. This guy would walk up. The light would go out. And this same guy would tell me stories of lightning strikes, electronic stopping, just freaking bizarre tales. Now, I always took what he said with a grain of salt, but a few years later, I learned that there was a name for what he could do and that a lot of people could do it. The phenomenon is known as street light interference, or SLI. And people that can do it are known as sliders. S-L-I-ders. Sliders. Now, sliders can affect all types of electronics, pretty much anything with a battery. Now, I'm talking appliances such as lamps and TVs will go on and off without being touched. Light bulbs constantly blow when the slider tries to turn them off or on. So let's pause right there. Because who hasn't turned a light on only to have the bulb pop just then? Happens all the time. If that's the only thing that happens to you, you're not a slider. You're just a regular person like the rest of us. Volume levels change on TVs, radios, and CD players, and iPods, and any other kind of electronics playing music or TV. And the songs can change or skip, and the channels can change. Okay. Let's pause right there. If that's happening to you, you might be a slider. I'm not going to keep doing that. I'm not going to do it. Don't worry. But it could also be that somebody around you has the exact same TV remote control and is turning their channel and just happens to be near enough to you, especially if you live in an apartment complex. That happens all the time where signals start to get crossed and things happen erratically without you picking up your remote and doing it. So keep that in mind if that's... Just keep that in mind. I'm not saying that again. Watches will stop working 
and this is a big one. There are a lot, and I mean a ton, of eyewitness reports from sliders where they can't wear watches. All kinds of watches, from the cheap, from the cheap 99 cent store, drugstore digital watches, all the way up to Rolexes or iWatches or whatever watch you want to wear. All types of watches. That is a big one for sliders. Children's electronic toys start to play by themselves when a slider is present. That's terrifying. I do not want that. Credit cards and other magnetically encoded cards are damaged or erased when in a slider's possession. That's another big one that I hear about all the time when that I heard about all the time while doing this investigation. Computers may freeze up or experience other problems. This is a huge one. Everyone works with computers or has a computer or is looking at a computer or listening to this on a computer. Can you imagine if you're one of these sliders that is that powerful where you mess up every computer you're near? What the hell do you do with your free time? How do you Facebook? How do you listen to podcasts? This confuses me to no end. Here's one that's kind of scary. Sliders can cause an irregular EKG. Imagine going to a doctor and having the EKG just go haywire, not having any clue how to control it or stop it from happening. I get a panic attack just thinking about going to a doctor and getting an EKG. I can't even imagine one going haywire. And that's not even bringing up MRIs. Now, one of the first things, before I get into the, before I really get into these theories or what causes it, or even the research done on it, let me pause here by saying one of the ones that really concerned me, how sliders affected aircraft. I couldn't find any specific evidence of a slider taking down a plane, thankfully, but I did find a number of eyewitness stories, and even if only half of them are true, there are a number of eyewitness stories of sliders affecting airplanes that they were on where the airplane couldn't take off. They were having mechanical issues. The landing gear wouldn't go up and or go down. Flaps wouldn't go up or go down. Thankfully, like I said, I couldn't find anything about an aircraft being taken down by a slider, but they do affect airplanes. So as someone that doesn't exactly like air travel, let me just ask you one favor. If you're a slider, don't travel commercially. Don't fly on planes. Just Stay close to the ground. Take out as many cars and alternators and fuses and everything on automobiles. That happens to sliders quite a bit. Take those out all you want. Let's not take down airplanes, okay? Thank you. All right, let's talk about some research that's actually been done on the topic. Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research, or PAIR, that lab was a research program at Princeton University that studied parapsychology. It was established in 1979 by the Dean of Engineering, Robert G. John. Now, Pear did close in February of 2007, and it was incorporated into the, quote, International Consciousness Research Laboratories, ICRL, which that acronym isn't anywhere near as cool as working at Pear. But anyhow, their study suggested that the subconscious can indeed affect electronic devices, Subjects are able to influence the random generations of a computer far more than would occur merely by chance. This research, and research being conducted at other laboratories around the world, are beginning to reveal, quote, are beginning to reveal, they already did kind of reveal, in scientific terms, the reality of such psychic phenomenon as ESP, telekinesis, and soon perhaps SLI. Now it should be noted by them, they said that Pear Lab did not specifically research SLI, but just all of these in general. So it did include SLI, but it wasn't a specific SLI research done by Pear. Now, I don't know anybody who worked at Pear. I don't know how official it was or how authentic it was, but it was Princeton, and it was serious research. But sadly, at the end of the study... They didn't know anything more about how or why it can happen or how to control it. Not officially, anyway. There are some rumors that they did have some findings that were very interesting to the government. Not surprisingly. And there was another project called Project Slide, 
was founded in 1993 by Hillary Evans, who is an English author and a researcher. She says the fact that so many witnesses are making claims which seem to involve a streetlight interference, SLI for short, that they are doing so in such apparent good faith and doing so independently of one another and without awareness that the effect may constitute a phenomenon in its own right. These circumstances encourage us to proceed on the basis that SLI, whatever its nature, does indeed occur. So Project Slide was created simply as a first step towards defining and assessing the apparent phenomenon. As its name implies, it sets out to be little more than an exchange of information between those who are interested. So this research was a little bit more informal, but I gotta say it was very in-depth, and it was pretty damn scientific. I read a very long paper on Project Slide, and it involved people from all walks of life and all ages. Now, it wasn't a huge study group. It was about 77 people as far as I could tell. But their study was well-received enough that ASAP, which is the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena, and again, great acronym, and the New Being Project, I guess that's the NBP, conducted their own simultaneous studies. And like I said, what I really liked about it was that it was scientific. They really went into who saw what, any witnesses there, the locations, what type of lamps, electronics, light bulbs, wiring, fuses, how old were the buildings, how long have these products been around, how often, what was happening when it happened, how did you feel, how did it make you feel when it happened, what did everybody around you see and feel. It really went into depth about what would happen when a slider had an occurrence. So you might be asking, well, what did they find out then? They found out some pretty damn interesting factors. For one, age does not seem to be a relevant factor. The experiences are spread over many years, but a lot of people said, I first noticed that street lamps went off in my presence when I was about 14. I'm 32 now and it still happens, but the 14 is very important. So even if there was an initial so even if there was initially a link with adolescence, as seemed to be the case with poltergeist phenomena, this is not the entire picture. And that's what they say. And I'm gonna get back to the poltergeist stuff in a little bit. They also found that it happened to both men and women, but women primarily more than men from what I could find. Again, they had a small sample group, but when I did research, I found it was way more women than men had this happen to them. Mediums and psychics and people that believed in such things had the highest amounts of cases. And that's pretty interesting because that wasn't one of the requirements for this study. They weren't looking for psychics that could prove telekinesis. They were looking for sliders it just happened to be psychics and mediums. It's not just psychics and mediums, though, because auto mechanics, because auto mechanics have the second highest amount of people with sliding ability, I guess you'd call it. Now, this next one is possibly the highest factor or the biggest factor in all sliders, and that's mood. When feeling angry or agitated, and the mood that had the highest instances was the feeling of being angry or agitated. That's when these phenomena, that's when this phenomena would happen the most. And right behind angry and agitated was fear and terror. And like I said, I found this in just about every report, study, investigation, and eyewitness accounts from sliders, that mood was the biggest factor. Sliders reported that when it does occur, they're often in extreme emotional state. A state of anger or stress is often cited as, quote, the cause. The study did find, and actually numerous studies did find, little genetic factors or hereditary factors were found. So it wasn't like you inherited this from your family or you were, or you had this passed down to you, like a lot of sensitive people and psychic people seem to say oh, my mother was sensitive and now I'm sensitive, or whatever. This doesn't seem to be the factor with sliders. While there is little known limit to the range of the SLI effect, 
It seems generally to occur in fairly close proximity to the individual, say under 10 meters. So there does seem to be a range to this, quote, power, if you will. And here's a little segment from a couple of studies that I thought was really interesting. Are sliders a special kind of person or ordinary people who are in a special state? Or ordinary people who are in a special state? In a sense, both. To perform SLI, it seems that a person must be in a particular state. But some people go more easily into that state than others. So it can be said that there are, that there are SLI-prone people. But it also must be emphasized that this is a question of degree rather than a clear-cut distinction rather than a clear-cut distinction between two divisions of mankind another interesting possible correlation among sliders is latitude and longitude if indeed more sliders live in the northern latitudes will this correlation serve to help establish a connection to static electricity now unfortunately the study never got a chance to really delve into this so I would love to have somebody who has way more time or pay me and I'll do it, but I would I would love to have somebody do more research into this whole latitude and longitude of the slider ability. Because they did notice that the southern United States had fewer instances of sliders as opposed to the northern United States. Again, I'm kind of bummed that they never got a chance to really delve into some of these topics. They seem to brush up. They seem to brush onto one of these topics and then have to move on to the next one almost immediately. I'm sure it was funding or time or whatever, but it really bums me out that they really didn't delve deeper into this. So, like I said, it was a very interesting study with some great results. And more importantly, I can't debunk this phenomena right now because it's so widespread and there's just too many eyewitnesses, too many variables, too many factors even if only half of these stories online are real, like I said, there's still a ton of instances. I can't disprove this one, and I've met people that had the ability. Now, you might be thinking, well, this is new to me, or, you know, I've kind of heard a couple of stories about this, but it's all relatively new, right? Well, in fact, it's not new at all, because Jenny Morgan of Sedalia, Missouri, who lived in the 1890s, was so highly charged with electricity that sparks would jump from her to nearby objects, animals would avoid her, and people that touched her were often knocked unconscious by her charge. A similar case is Caroline Clare of London, Ontario. She became charged after falling ill in 1877, and it's said that objects that came in contact with her became magnetized. Clare was also capable of sticking cutlery to herself similar to modern reports of, quote, those magnetic people that are out there, with the difference being that she needed another person to pull the objects off of her. Now, there's also a couple of more instances from the slider investigations that were done independently. And it said that although reports of people who seem to be able to interact with inanimate objects have been published for hundreds of years, there was a particularly interesting flurry of cases around the 1840s. Why that is, they never got into, and it really bums me out. What happened in 1840 that caused this phenomenon? Looking it up real quick, it does look like the light bulb kind of got really into use around 1840. Electricity was getting used more around 1840, including the continuously functioning battery from 1840 that Smithsonian talks about. And that is the continuously functioning battery from 1840. A battery at the University of Oxford has been incessantly ringing two bells for 175 years, but no one knows why it's lasted so long. If you'd like to know more about this, I suggest you check out smithsonian.com. So it does seem like electricity was becoming more and more common in 1840, which could be why, with electricity around you, you're going to either get charged more or it'll be noticed more. But anyhow... There were cases around the 1840s with two subjects in particular, Angelique Cotton and Honorine, 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 H-O-N-O-R-I-N-E. Thank God that's not a name anymore. And if you're named Honorine or Honorine or Honorine or however the hell you say it, it's a beautiful name. I love it. But anyhow, Angelique and Honorine, both of them French teenagers of modest social background, attracting not only popular but also scientific interest because 
Honorine's activities were fairly close to conventional poltergeist phenomena. Angelique were more original. Especially noteworthy is the fact that she affected not simply non-electrical, but non-metallic objects. Wooden chairs and tables would be repelled when she came close to them, often violently, and despite the efforts of strong men to obstruct the force, it would continue to happen. So again, it's been happening for a long time, and again, another study has brought up poltergeist, but I'm going to save that for a little bit. Okay, so let's get on to a couple of theories. First up is many of the people that are sliders have had near-death experiences, and they report that the slider phenomenon happened from that point forward, from the near-death experience forward. Other sliders have been struck by lightning or suffered a major electrical shock at some point in the past, and I gotta say the electrical shock or the lightning is very prevalent in all the eyewitness cases I could find. It's very prevalent. As is this next one, which is kind of odd. Another theory is that others claim to have had UFO or alien abduction experiences. So, yeah, UFO and abductions are listed as a possible cause of this phenomenon. Some may say a byproduct of UFO abductions or UFO experiences. One theory suggests that it's the beginning of telekinesis. And they go on to say that if the subject practices and meditates, they can control their abilities and their powers will only get stronger. Now this theory is what leads to that conspiracy theory, I guess you want to say, of the United States government and other governments around the world training people in telekinetics and slider capabilities. Now there's nothing official on this, so I don't want to go too deep into this. I don't want to go too deep down this rabbit hole. But there are a lot of people that say, as soon as they find out that they have this slider ability, that they're tapped by the government. Another theory is called the supercharged bioenergy fields, or auras. Now I gotta say, this one gets really hippy-dippy real quick. It's all about the color and the strength of your aura. So let's move on to the next one. Another theory is that the slider is the power behind Reiki healing, and that the Reiki healers just control their slider powers better than other people. Now, I'll be honest, I don't know what to think about Reiki healing, but I did add it as a, as a possible topic to talk about on a future episode, maybe. I do have a feeling I'm going to debunk a lot of people that have Reiki healing powers, though, but I do have to, but I also will say that there are a number of scientific studies that conclude there is something to this Reiki healing power, but this one will have to wait. If I decide to do an episode about Reiki healing, or if you guys want me to do one, please let me know. I'll start doing the research, debunk what I can, prove what I can't. But it is a very interesting theory, and it does make a lot of sense, because Reiki healing is supposed to be energy, and slider powers is harnessing the energy within a person. And they seem to have a lot of it, or an excess amount of it. But here's the theory that I found very interesting, one that I brought up twice so far. Some say that poltergeist activity is actually slider-related, and it does fit with both the ages of the people experiencing it, when it happens, what they're going through around that time, i.e. puberty, we're talking 14, 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds, emotional states of them, it's, I gotta say, it does mirror poltergeist activity. And again, it does seem to happen to young women more than men. So this one really intrigues me. Is this another route to try and prove that the person itself, that the person themselves is the cause of the poltergeist activity, especially the young person or the young woman, usually? It's a very intriguing one. I would love someone to go and do more research into this. Perhaps me. I don't know. Alright, so that's the bulk of the major theories of what causes the slider powers. So let's hear from some sliders themselves. Because I found a ton of people talking about their own experiences online. So here are just a few. The first one is, I can't wear a watch. I wore a pager for one month and I fried it. The guy at the store asked if it was hit by lightning due to the module in it was so burnt. From then on, I can't wear a watch or use a cell phone. This next one is, I've had some strange experiences since childhood, as well as others here. I don't know what that means. 
I too have had the street lights go off and on when I pass, but this is about magnetizing objects. Me and my 23-year-old son have had several objects that we either carry or are near us for a long period of time that become magnetized. For instance, I have three bobby pins I was wearing in my hair, and when I set them down, they were pulled, they were pulled to a pair of scissors on my counter. My son has a pocket knife, and it can pick up objects just like a magnet. The really strange part is there is no negative or positive pulls to these items. I used to think it had something to do with the house we used to live in. We had a very strange paranormal experience there, and I could not sleep. But we both live in different houses in different counties, and it's happening again. I've written to physicists with no reply. I had a paranormal group study these effects on the electronics and myself, and all they could tell me was, yes, I do affect and magnetize things. This next one says, I also had an NDE when my youngest son was born, and he seems to have the same slider occurrence. And if you don't know what NDE is, that's near-death experience. And he seems to have the same slider occurrences. We can't wear watches, light bulbs, and street lamps go out near us, theft detector machines go off as we enter stores, cell phones die, and other things go haywire around us. Glad to know we're not alone. This next one is, I've had a near-death experience as a child and also experienced the street light and plaza light phenomena, as well as the odd electrical glitch. I also have had airplane crash dreams, although very few and sometimes a little sketchy, they usually occur the next day or two. Now, they combined a sentence I don't like. I've had airplane crash dreams that are a little sketchy, but they usually occur in the next day or two. So is this person saying that they... I don't like it. You, you get what I'm saying, and I don't like it. Moving on to the next one. I'm 50 years old, born in 1964, and have just heard that there are others in the world like me. As reported by other people with this ability, anything battery-operated goes dead when near me. I even have to wear a kinetic watch. While walking with my son one night, he noticed that the street lamps went out when I passed under them. I just told him that it always happens, and he let it go, with a, quote, you're weird, Dad. I also can adjust the volume of the radio or pull in radio signals that are fading. When I was around nine years old, I had an EEG that used a flashing light. I was able to control the light during the test, and that baffled the doctor. He goes on to say, my wife is careful to touch my, my wife is careful to touch me for fear of being shocked. I have to quote discharge first. When getting into a car, I touch the glass to discharge before touching the metal. Lately, though, I've been able to reverse the battery drain phenomena. Now my Samsung S3, so this is obviously a little old, my Samsung S3 cell phone can remain charged for weeks in my pocket where my wife's goes dead in six hours. And I gotta admit, I had an S3, battery drained all the time, it sucked. I don't know what it is that I do exactly, but I've been able to direct the energy. I still have to be very careful touching anything metal with an AC current running near it, such as the metal casings of my desktop computer. No one else feels a thing, but I get a hell of a shock when I touch it. There is one other thing that no one has mentioned. I generate body heat at will like a furnace. Even in grade school, while at the bus stop in the winter, the other students would stand around me because I was so warm. I like that one. I thought that was a very, very good one. And obviously written by a man. So, again, it's not just women, but it does seem to be primarily women. This next one is, I was in a bad car accident as a teenager, and ever since then, I can't have a cell phone, watch, or computer around me. They all break constantly. This next one says, I practice meditation and have learned to restrain my energy. Yes, I wreck more electronics when I'm stressed, so the deep breathing calms me down. I feel more at peace. I wonder if there's a way to use this energy to help others. That's a great question. It's called Reiki healing, I'm assuming, and we'll get back to that some other time. Alrighty, here's another explanation from a person that is a slider that was too good not to share. So... Everybody, grab a snack, grab a drink, because this one is long, and it's weird. And I did edit it. Just know that. He says, it's not the streetlight interference. It's a glitch in the matrix. The program does not behave right. The bits that make up the street and the light and the bits that make up you is all the same program. You change yourself, and something in the whole program must produce corresponding changes closely related to each other. 
The strange thing is that it's not likely that the brain of a human have a strong enough electrical field to influence matter at any bigger distances than centimeters. I'm reading this verbatim. It's really poorly written. The only rational explanation is a matrix effect. I have personally created an invisible barrier between my partner and I, and she could not get through the barrier. It was, for her, like a solid wall. I've been also been able to turn off the sound of her laptop from mere four meters away, as well as stop a video in playing YouTube by putting it on pause without any physical contact. This I cannot control by intent other than feeling for not listening to the device, but not like, and I'm, you know what, I'm skipping ahead because he's losing it for a minute here. But basically he's saying he's kind of like a remote control for TVs and radios and computers and everything else. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Ah, here we go. Even if I do not practice, practice magic like this, I sometimes do things like this from time to time, but cannot control it when it happens. If there was a school for sorcerers, I would have joined that in my 20s. Since I have no guidance in magic, I could not develop the skills to break the matrix by being in control of the changes. At one point, I got so advanced, I thought it was possible to walk through the wall by a next-level evolution of experimenting with bending the matrix, but never got to that point. I still have dreams about moving my arm through walls like it was made of butter. I don't like the matrix effect because it scares me. Because there's a lot of evil in other dimensions. Okay, I'm going to skip ahead again. So now he's going on about all these other dimensions, the evil trying to get through the other dimensions, and how they're using the energy just like he's trying to use the energy. It's some kind of EM spectrum. Uh, it's kind of a big computer being processed from memory. Blah, 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 blah. All dimensional frequencies is part of this program on a different scale. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Ah, he says it's probably more like a malleable hologram. Our history does not make any sense. There is no reason why animals could go first from giant animals then to smaller ones, as it only makes sense if the frequency of our universe had been shifting slightly upward in frequency over time. And then he goes on to talk about dinosaurs and their electric charge stuff being to the lower wavelength, different wavelengths. Basically, this guy just freaking loses it. Uh, not that he had it all there to begin with. Um, I don't think uh, that he is right in his theory about sliders and slider abilities, but I liked it because it mentioned the Matrix and this, and this whole thing being a computer program. If I can kind of condense it down and get rid of the crazy a little bit, just a little bit crazy, He's saying that we are all part of a computer program. There is something wrong with certain people in the computer program that affect other things in the program when they shouldn't have that ability. It's a very popular theory. And again, I don't know what to do with that theory. I, it used to kind of mess with my mind. But then I thought about it. Look, if I'm a computer program, if I am just a, if this is all a simulation... It's a good possibility it is. Science has even said there's a chance that it is. If this is all a simulation, I can't change anything in the simulation. Sure, I might be able to produce an electrical spark, and that'd be neat, or turn off that light, and that'd be neat. But for the most part, I can't change anything in the simulation. I'm still just playing my little, non, my little NPC part of the simulation. So I still have to have a job, or a simulation of a job, I still have to pay my simulation of rent. I still have to eat my simulation of food. So the whole, if we're just a simulation and there are some people that are better at hacking the simulation than others, apparently I'm not one of those people, so it doesn't benefit me. So, okay, it's a simulation. Now what? It doesn't speed up the next Star Wars movie. I don't get to see the next Marvel movie. I'll never find out what happens to the Avengers any quicker than anybody else. So, it doesn't help me. So with that, that's enough of the eyewitness reports. You kind of get an idea where I was going with those. I chose some of the most random ones for a reason. And like I said, some I really liked, some were batshit crazy. But what does real science think of the slider phenomena? Well, a lot of skeptics try to say most likely it's people who notice it often are just a combination of people who take long walks at night and people who pay enough attention to notice when it's happening. And they mean the streetlight phenomenon, this one. So they're saying, look, people are taking long walks at night. Of course they're going to notice it more than people who don't go out and take walks at night at all. There is one thing that might cause certain people to claim slider status, 
and that's living in a place that doesn't regularly replace its sodium vapor lamp bulbs. This is, uh, this is going to get a little technical for real quick, but basically this leads to a phenomenon called cycling. Or most street lamps have sensors now, and they're just people experiencing the sensors doing their jobs and shutting down. Now, it's called the PEC, or daylight switch, on the top, and it's triggered by increased backscatter from an approaching pedestrian. This backscatter triggers the daylight sensor, and boom, the light goes off, only to cycle through and relight about 10 minutes later. It's either that, or, like I was saying earlier, this fact that the street lamps use a type of lamp called a high-pressure sodium, or HPS, lamp. At the end of their 24,000-hour life, they start a thing called cycling. What happens is that at the end of life for a lamp, it wants more voltage than normal. As the EOL, the end of life, light warms up, it wants more and more voltage to maintain an arc until eventually it exceeds what it's getting, therefore dropping the arc in the lamp. Since that lamp is hot, it can't start up right away, so it'll cool down so the igniter or starter will relight the arc in the lamp, turning it back on. And that's why they call it cycling, because it's going through this cycle more and more as it gets near the end of its life. That's a great explanation. That's a great debunk for most of these streetlight videos or slider videos that you can find on YouTube. A lot of times, it's someone, it's someone walking up and either triggering that light sensor or it's this cycling feature. There are a lot of videos, including some from Yuri Geller, who, don't get me started on that idiot, but there are a lot of videos from Yuri Geller where he says, one, two, three, off. Mm. One, two, three, off. One, two, three, off. And he'll keep doing that until the light goes off. And I'm sure those videos are edited as well. So he's doing it more and more. All he's proving is this cycle feature, where he's noticing a pattern or a time frame for these lights to cycle, and he's using that to show his psychic abilities or his slider abilities. But that doesn't explain the people that have had slider abilities for decades. These new light bulbs, these new sensors, I doubt were around in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, yet there are stories that old. Definitely weren't around in the 1800s. Definitely not in the 1840s. So I don't know what to make of that. It does debunk a lot of these BS videos on YouTube, and I'm all for that. But it doesn't debunk this entire phenomenon at all. So it seems that the leading skeptic reasoning is observational awareness or bias. And what that means is, because you start to notice it, you'll notice it more and more than people that just aren't paying attention to it. And believe me when I say I'll be talking about this rationalization on another topic in a future episode, but just to give you a little sample of that, have you ever looked down at your watch and it says 1111 or 111 or 333 or you start seeing these same numbers more and more and more? Well, that's another phenomena that is supposedly debunked by this observational awareness or bias that I don't quite buy either. Sure, it explains some things, but observational awareness or bias in the slider effect doesn't result in magnetism, computers going off, frying out electronics, frying out watches. There was another story from an eyewitness of a guy that has gone through every type of watch. From the Mickey Mouse watch that he got that his mom bought him when he was at Disneyland, all the way up to a high-end watch. And it turns out he can't have those watches on him. They just die. But if he leaves them on the counter, after a day or two, they'll start working again as long as he's nowhere near them. Observational awareness or bias does not explain that. Neither does the whole cycling of a lamp. So, I'm sorry, debunkers, but I really can't find anything, any skeptic reasoning that convinces me this phenomenon isn't real. As far as I'm concerned, it's very real and really bizarre. It also helps, like I said, I had an eyewitness experience back when I was younger. That girlfriend's brother was doing things that I couldn't explain. Street lamps were going off and it wasn't cycling. We were standing there just as much as he was. It wasn't a loose wire 
or another reasoning another reason behind the street lamp theory is that it's uh, temperature so because it's getting colder out at night than it is during the day that the bulbs are getting loose and they're simply unscrewing themselves and then it's flickering on and off I don't buy that one either sure I'm sure that happens in certain instances of course but not in the bulk of these stories definitely not back then when I witnessed it happening I don't recall it being frigid cold and it definitely didn't do it when he because he was tapping on it or banging on it it just did it and only when he was around but the reason that I really did this episode was because a listener came to me with a personal experience of her own and didn't even know she was a slider when she brought it up I said oh you're a slider here you go and she's like oh, I didn't even know that's what it's called there I didn't know that was a thing and I do find that that happens more and more people are seeking this out because they have these experiences that they can't quite explain and then when they go online they find out not only are they not the only one there's a large percentage I shouldn't say a large there is a percentage of people that this seems to be happening to on a regular basis and they feel more comforted that they're no longer you know they feel more comforted because it, up until this point they're just a wacko that fried out electronics or computers or whatnot or zapped everybody so when they find this stuff online they feel a little bit more calm and a little bit more reassured so if my listeners have it happen to them that's a good enough reason for me to say it's real and in my opinion is a really great topic to talk about what do you guys think has any of this stuff ever happened to you have you ever fried out an electronic or turned off a street lamp or turned on a TV without meaning to turn on the TV or changing a channel without meaning to change the channel if so do you agree with this is it when you're agitated or afraid or angry does mood seem to affect your slider abilities I want to know about it I want to hear your stories if you have slider stories I want to hear them okay I'm off to record another haunted forest episode for the patrons so for this episode I'm Kurt Sandig and this has been another edition of paranormal almanac